cliffcentral.com. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpegged with Super Lead. Consider this. Have you ever wanted to read more books, uh, more business and leadership books, but you simply just do not have the time? Imagine you could read a business or leadership book per week. How awesome will that be? A lot of us have these demanding jobs and countless responsibilities, so our bookshelves end up with more books we intend to read than those we have actually read. My name is Manda Chiflaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and leadership coaching organization. On this show, we deep dive into a leadership topic which we anchor in a book that we feature per week and we share actionable insights to advance your leadership excellence. And we are proudly sponsored by Holland. Here on studio, I'm joined by my co-host, Ngobile Ngobo, who is a director at Alpha International. Ngobile, welcome to today's show. Hello, thank you for having me. Fabulous, fabulous. So today we've got this fantastic conversation, um, and I, I, I think it's fair to say, that, you know, like, you know, studying or reading about leadership is a lot easier, um, than actually leading. And, uh, the author that, that we are unpacking today kind of defines a leader as anyone who takes the responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and having that courage to develop that potential and most mm. of our conversation today it's going to be about that courage to lead and we have got a fantastic book to unpack the one that you have been asking us to unpack for some time now <laughs> yes we're unpacking dare to lead by Brene brown brave work tough conversations whole hearts yeah we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk some some uh some brain very nervous <laughs> <laughs> Because we're diving into into vulnerability versus shame leadership. <laughs> we, 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 we're getting, we're getting, um, we're unpicking, you know, vulnerability, bravery, mm. courage. You know, we're getting emotional. No, if we dive in, we know it's not about emotion. That vulnerability is not just about being emotional. But thank you for doing this book. I, I really like this book because um, I love Brene Brown's work because she's a researcher. Yeah. So she's listens. To people, she's interviewed leaders around the world from all different countries, and has really begun to form this area that she sort of has created a space for around um, having tough conversations, creating safe spaces in yeah. leadership and in work. So excited to dive in! Uh, you, you like today, you're like a, a way more energetic <laughs> than I've ever seen you uh, in all of this conversation. So I guess let's let's dive in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, because this. This is uh, this is your your passion um, your, your passion book. So 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 in the book. I mean, <laughs> not my only passion book. Just to say, I've enjoyed other books as well. <laughs> but the problem with the book is that it doesn't talk about how we increase the the salary of our producer. Oh. Yeah, maybe we can help her have a brave and a courageous conversation about her salary increase. That works, right? All right. So, so Brini Brown, I think in this, in this tough world of leading, she asks this, um, this, this, this question to say, uh, in the way, given the complexity, the rapid change of our environment that we are faced with, um, 
if anything should change about the way we lead mm-hmm. for us to really be innovative to to take our organizations to the next level to really lead uh, purposefully and have an impact what are some of the things that must change mm. and she kind of writes this book almost to kind of say right up front that we need braver leaders mm-hmm. and more courageous cultures mm, mm. she says you know she defines leaders anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and who yeah. has the courage to develop that potential right so i wonder how you our listeners define leadership and um and also you know if you were to rate yourself from some a scale from one to ten how courageous are you perhaps to you know to unlock the potential in in um in, in so in some of the people that you work with um could you define yourself as a courageous leader yeah um and if not we're going to unpack this and hopefully our conversation today helps you to to lead as a brave leader and create more courageous cultures mm. So should we dive in? Because um, as I said, Brene Brown's a researcher, so she spent time listening to leaders around the world. And she highlighted 10 behaviors and cultural issues that leaders identified as getting in our way in organizations across the world. So getting in the way of, of you know, having sort of brave leadership, courageous leadership uh-huh. as well. Should we dive into those? No, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> um, and we're going to take one at a time. <coughs> Excuse me. We'll take one at a time, and um, and as we go through this, I, you know, it will be great if you can sort of walk the journey with us and perhaps rate yourself, um, n- not in a judgmental way, uh, to kind of say for you what's getting in the way of you leading effectively. Uh, in our last week's conversation, we forgot to dive into that one, but in our last week's conversation, we spoke about this idea that performance equals Potential minus interference mm. P equals P Minus I mm. And so essentially There are things that are getting in the way Sort of like hey what Maybe potentially this is what could be getting In the way of your mm. leadership So don't judge yourself But you can rate yourself um, I think that way you can benefit the most From the conversation The mm. first one is that leaders Tend to avoid tough conversations. Yes. Um, including giving honest and productive feedback. Mm. I think this, this one is very common. And, and for some reason, um, you know, uh, you know, people kind of, we, we just, we, there's just very little clarity on mm. how people are performing. Um, we, we sometimes as leaders avoid those difficult problems, areas that must be, must be addressed. And, um, and that leads to whole host of issues, leads to gossip, it leads to, you know, just, it's, that's a, that's a, almost like a ground for, for gossip and politics mm. and all kinds of negative, um, cultures. Yeah, I think we've touched on this a little bit before, but, um, and she highlights how it leads to this sort of, Leads to passive aggressive behavior because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're not having the conversations in the bigger meetings or in the space where it's meant to happen, yeah. I like how she terms it leads to the meeting after the meeting. You know, people pick up the phone, especially in this online forum where people pick up the phone. I'm like, did you hear what she said? 
and like the gossiping and, the, and that's where you, all the conversations are happening and not in the space where it's meant to be happening um, and she actually terms it more seriously she talks about the dirty yes when someone yeah. says yes to your face but no behind your back so they say yes like I'll do this but then they're frustrated maybe they're saying like oh someone asked they asked me to do this and yeah. I'm frustrated and so you're really not giving your yes to the task yes, yes, you yes. might complete it yeah. but it's done very begrudgingly yeah. Um, so the important she talks about that's one of the things that gets in the way avoiding tough conversations and yeah. now that we're in these conversations I guess uh, in this theme mm. we could potentially unpack um, there's a great book especially on, on these tough conversations and, and these difficult mm. uh, conversations called Crucial Conversations mm. by Joseph Graney maybe we should unpack that in the next week or so just as a follow up you see I'm yeah. just, I feel like I'm you're already moving on to the uh, next book this, but I'm okay this one <laughs> with you <laughs> anyway, so but also the other no, thing we the other thing that leaders are not doing well enough and and uh, and uh, our listener please join us here and just kind of you know how are you comfortable um having those tough conversations are you you know more on the scale leaning towards avoiding some of those tough conversations and mm-hmm. if you do at least you may want to acknowledge that when you do keep avoiding them there are consequences and most of them are not great for your environment so the second one she 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 speaks about is hey sometimes we we don't kind of spend enough time proactively acknowledging our fears and how we're feeling mm. um but you know we sort of address problematic behaviors as almost like the symptoms but really hardly ever kind of getting into hey these are the fears mm. uh, these are these are how I'm actually feeling um, and that, um, that, you know, th- there will be these behaviors that you see, but they continue to happen because we as leaders are not creating that proactive space mm. to address the real core emotional side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important because, you know, when we did the infinite game by Simon Sinek, um, he, Quoted Brene Brown because he was saying you can't leave emotion at the door yeah. when you go into work. And so yeah. when big change is happening, we have to as leaders proactively address those fears and feelings because people are human and yeah. change really does have an impact. And rather, but what she's saying is one of the, un- the problematic behaviors is that, as you've said, we spend more time managing the problematic behaviors rather than creating the space to say, okay, big change is happening. Upheaval is happening. Yeah. Let's address your fears, fears and feelings while this is happening. Whereas a lot of people, I think, cause it feels emotional and vulnerable, rush through that. Yes, yes, yes. Be like, be like, guys, big change is happening, but it's going to be great. Like it's going to end up being a really good thing. So let's all accept the new norm and go on to the next thing. Whereas some people need time to process big yeah. change. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes upheaval in an organization or a team. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the, one of the, I was having a conversation not long ago, um, with one of our clients. They, uh, you know, and it sounds small, right? But they're going to move their head office uh, from where they used to be to another place, which I think will be greater. There's, there's greater benefits, but there are a lot of, Conversations that must be heard. You know, there's like, oh, that's gonna be awesome. Let's go, let's go be excited. But there are people who need to have conversation at the feelings level. Mm. Um, because perhaps they like where they're at, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, they, they kind of wonder why can't everyone just get on board? You know, it's gonna be great there. Let's just move on, as yeah. you say. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so we may not be able to cover all of them because of yeah. time. Um, but like some of them is, you know, um, there's sort of 
uh, this thing of diminishing trust because of lack of connection and empathy. Mm. Uh, where leaders sometimes, you know, we just kind of say it's, it's just about the work, as yeah. you say. We, we kind of, sort of imagine that the human doesn't enter the work it's almost like a robot enters it we do the work and then we walk away mm. um and encouragement really is for us to kind of have that that space and capacity for empathy and and connection mm. and then one of the other ones highlighted is not enough people in a team taking smart risks or creating and sharing bold ideas yeah um so that could be because maybe you don't have a culture where ideas are accepted um but if not enough people are feeding into that then you're not having innovation and that can get in the way um, of organizations advancing. Yep. So, so let's swiftly move along and, and we encourage you to kind of get your own copy and, and read through these. Um, but I think uh, of all the 10 she highlights, um, all of them sort of underlies that this idea of leading it's, and the issues that needs to change are all deeply human issues. Mm. And sometimes we can kind of, as leaders, we can be fascinated about the strategies and the ops excellence and ideas and the Lean Six Sigma tools and all the, the like sort of the, the fancy things that are more cerebral um, and, and sort of avoid some of the human, you know, more deeply more deeply human issues and, and, and that, that has challenges with that. And the impact is, you know, sort of low innovations and, and, and also impacts the whole direction of the organization. So these are not to be ignored, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you want to move on to, uh, how she talks about vulnerability, um, daring leadership versus armored leadership. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so daring leadership at its core is, is, is sort of being able to lead, um, from a place of courage. Mm. Um, when you are able to sort of can be vulnerable and, uh, the language she kind of uses is this idea of rambling with, mm. with vulnerability. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and this is not, this doesn't, I guess, doesn't come natural for, for many people because, you know, they are to be vulnerable when there's an opportunity to be vulnerable, some, some people tend to just rush through that, uh, that space. But without that vulnerability, we really cannot have courage because mm-hmm. she's, she talks about courage as a collection of four skill sets. Um, and these are the ability to rumble with vulnerability and uh, leaving um, in line with your values, kind of having sort of the braving, bravery in trusting. Um, and sort of learning to rise, mm. right? <laughs> especially yeah. the last piece yeah. where pretty much everyone listening, they, we may all have fallen, um, and having to learn to rise. Mm. So, so without vulnerability at its core, um, we can't, we can be courageous leaders. Mm, mm. Yeah, I really like that. So I'm excited to dive into sort of what she's seen coming out of the these two parts of daring leadership that you've highlighted. But then she also talks about the armored leadership. Yeah. Sort of taking out the armory and protecting. And she says it's rooted in ego, really. Yeah. But, um, you know, this idea of really sort of checking your vulnerability at the door, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, and and sort of uh, sort of. Armoring yourself um, And then when you have that kind of culture It's a culture that then uh, Rewards armored 
leadership within the team and so then people who sort of bring in vulnerability are seen as emotional or, yeah. you know bringing some sort of weakness in it but should we go into into the the two the two points of armor leadership versus daring leadership uh, absolutely so so we kind of armor ourselves when when we you know like when we avoid to sort of get into the those sort of emotional spaces where we where we we then sort of show up as if we like you know we're armored so that nobody can see our vulnerable spots mm. and um and this is a largely an old idea really like the idea that you know you they mustn't see you sort of um weak or something like that you must always sort of show up strong and in there we try shut off the emotion shut talking about how you actually are feeling and fears etc etc mm. and we shut off vulnerability then we show up armored yes. uh, we show up like yeah all is well and and etc etc so she's got sort of these 16 uh things that 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 are that same sort of characterizes or if you have some of these symptoms if you do it <laughs> there's a good chance that you might be leading more and more towards being armored mm. and not fully be vulnerable allowing for for that courage to to show up because also vulnerability has a lot to do with you showing up in a way that you cannot control the outcome. Yes. Right? Um, you know, you're asked to, to, to present and, uh, perhaps you're not too sure about some of the, uh, the content or, you know, you've done your, your part, but you don't know how the, the crowd might, might react mm. and you can show up as you are, um, as authentically as you are, um, without having to to sort of armor and kind of uh, pretend if it were. Yeah. So, so some of these are, um, maybe we'll just like fly through each. Yeah. And then, um, and then we'll unpack a few of these, um, uh, in contrasting them, which, which is done so, so, so beautifully. She kind of talks about these people that are armored, um, and, and versus sort of the, the daring type of, of, of leadership. Mm. So for instance, uh, armored leadership looks like this, driving perfectionism and fostering a fear of failing. Mm. Oh, amen to our perfectionists yes. out there. <laughs> yes, yes. And, um, and, she and does contrast that perfectionism is not the same as striving for excellence. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, and, and we'll unpack those. But yeah. like daring leadership shows up, you know, modeling and encouraging healthy striving, uh, with empathy and also with that self compassion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wonder how many, uh, people listening to us, uh, instead of self compassion, we've got that self criticizing voice on mm. the inside and, you know, terribly afraid to, to, uh, to fail. And therefore, you know, like bending the midnight all to make sure that everything is super perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the contrast. And, uh, and, and if you were, if you were to kind of put yourself in the scale, it would be great to kind of weigh yourself. Where, where, where <laughs> is that? Fall. Where is that? Where is that going? So the second one is about, um, armored leadership is, you know, working from sort of scarcity and squandering opportunities, uh, for joy and recognition, um, mm. versus kind of practicing gratitude yeah. and celebrating milestones and victories. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this idea of sort of the attitude of gratitude, you know, has been spoken about quite a bit, but it's sort of, from what she speaks about it's it's not sort of the attitude it's like the practice of gratitude yeah. where you literally kind of say i am great you know i've done my part today and i can go to sleep grateful that 
and and also in the same in the same vein uh, when you are in this sort of armored leadership space you hardly ever celebrate milestones yeah because yeah. just at the moment we say yes we successfully did the show but you're like yeah but and this and that and that how about this and that so you don't allow yourself to kind of experience joy yeah and can she says you know joy is has some element of being vulnerable and just being happy and uh, allowing yourself to play if it were yeah yeah no i think it's so important because when she talks about that armored leadership i think uh, it's such a natural thing for a lot of people this idea of operating out of the the scarcity and and being afraid you know she says why do we insist on dress rehearsing tragedy in moments of deep joy yeah. that worry that like oh something could happen like oh <laughs> something is around the corner that's gonna <laughs> that's going to not be you know not give me not give me joy um yeah. and she says joy is the most vulnerable emotion we feel because it's 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 it's, it's fragile. It's it's wrapped up in gratitude. It's we don't know how long it's going to last. Um, and so that idea, as you said, of that practicing um, gratitude is so important and celebrating those victories as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess there's some confessions here. Yeah, <laughs> what a shame. This is a safe space, man. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think for me. Um, you know, like, you, you kind of get to your milestone, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's done. And then, then I'm like, yeah, what's next? You know, mm-hmm. there's like, um, there's, there's always like the next thing to climb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I was, if I was to be honest with myself, I don't think I sit down, um, often enough mm-hmm. to kind of say, you know what? That milestone was achieved and, uh, let's like pause and let's take the weekend and like celebrate and, and, and think about, um, uh, and think and just kind of say, hey, look back and just see that this went well, um, et cetera, et cetera, without already thinking about, hey, okay. Well done. Let's move on to the yeah, next Yeah, yeah. But I think it's so, um, just in, I know we want to move on quickly, but <laughs> just to, just to touch on it more because I think, um, when it becomes a cultural, a part of the team culture, yeah. I think where it's negative is then people don't stop to celebrate when they do achieve something in a team because yeah. they're thinking like, oh, there's still more work to be done. Yeah. And, and that can remove a lot of joy in what you're doing. Yes, yes, In the yes, work. Yes, if you're like, oh, we achieved something great, but, but it's not as great as the next thing. Yeah, so now we have to keep moving. Yeah, or if we yeah. compare to other teams, it's not as great as what they achieved. Yeah. So I think it is important to really think about the team and, and, and how do you withhold recognition in a team or do yeah. you allow those celebration of those milestones in yeah. your team? No, no, no. This this one is good. This one is good, and you can see where I'm I'm landing in the scale. Some of us are just over optimistic and ready to do the next thing. So the other one is sort of um this armored leadership shows up in you trying kind of wanting to be the knower of it all, kind of being the one that's right, um sort of um showing up. Um, somewhat sometimes defensive and kind of posturing this thing where, where, where you kind of just like try to show that everything is right and you're in control and, and absolutely nothing, you know, there's nothing that's going wrong. And, um, and, and the idea of being a daring leader is adopting an, a posture of being a learner. Mm. Um, and, and a posture of sort of not 
not not sort of being right, but the posture of getting it right, which mm. means you know you sort of it's a healthy striving to getting it right rather than you are the one that that that's right. Yeah, and yeah. you can imagine how that sort of stifles brainstorming and innovations and all of that stuff. Yeah, shifting from wanting to be right to wanting to get it right. I think that's really good. Yeah. Um. So so another one. Um. She talks about is you know. Uh, as an Ahmad leader, some of the Ahmad leaders tend to hide behind cynicism um, <laughs> and sarcasm and, uh, and, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, just evading what's going on and, 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 uh, and, you know, just hiding all the emotions and create that, that sort of comes with, with the real rumble of leading and, and just kind of wearing, uh, this sarcasm, uh, a veil. Mm. Um, but instead, you know, you can be, you can be someone that models clarity, kindness, and hope. Mm. And I, of all of these, I think this is my favorite. Um, cause she says, my favorite quote, I think, in her book is that, uh, clear is kind. Yeah. Unclear yeah. is unkind. Yeah. And, uh, we have done some, some, some studies in these things and we, we find that, um, uh, th- there's people, are searching and they're yearning for clarity from their leaders. And, you know, clarity of expectations. Yeah. Right. Uh, just the vagueness of it all. Clarity of where I stand with you in this organization. Clarity of, hey, what's next for me? Yeah. Um, and also just overall clarity of where we are going as, uh, as an organization. Yeah. And oftentimes we, we kind of just kind of give half truths and say, yeah. Yeah, and and we leave people unclear. And if you do that, at least a Brene, a Brene Brown says, unclear is unkind. Mm, mm, mm. And clarity means that it, with the the path you see the path ahead. So then you don't get cynical. I like how she says, you know, cynicism is thinking that, um, or despair is the belief that tomorrow will be just like today, and yeah. that's where cynicism is rooted in. And so when you're clear about where we're going, the road ahead, um, that is kind to people because they think, wow, we can have, you know, there's hope. We're gonna get to somewhere. <laughs> we're gonna achieve our goals. You know, yeah. yeah. Because then um, this 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 uh, this idea that you know there there will be a natural domino effect from mm. uh, what today looks like just tomorrow. into tomorrow. Um, we all know that's that's uh, uh, that's not that's not ideal, especially as people who have lived uh, through 2019 into yeah. 2020. Um, it's not always that there is a domino, simple, stable yeah. um, uh, domino effect from one year to the other, and even even sometimes not even from one hour to the other mm. hour. Um, mm. So 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 clarity is king. Mm-hmm. Clear is uh, clear is kind, um, and unclear. Is unkind. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so should we take another one? Yeah. Which uh, one do so you, 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 you'll be, you'll be a, a, a judge here unless we kind of give too many of these things and our listeners like kind of say, how many more can we stop? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you want me to choose one? Yeah, I choose one. Um, I like when she talks about, um, the idea of, of armored leadership is hustling for your worth. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like when people don't understand where they're strong, where their strengths are, where they deliver, yeah. you know, they, they hustle, they sort of um, don't really know what they're rooted in. They don't understand their value. Yeah. Um, and often then we exaggerate our importance in a ways that are not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we seek attention and validation of importance. And yeah. I think if you think of either yourself or teams that you've worked in, yeah. where you see have people who are operating out of that armored leadership where they're constantly trying to show that they're right or where they perform, yeah. that can even lead to diminishing feeling in the rest of the team. Yeah. Um, and then if you have a culture where that is rewarded, even worse. <laughs> of like, you know. Um, and she says, you know, the opposite of that in daring leadership is knowing your value. Yeah. Um, and this comes from daring leaders who will sit down with team members and have she talks real rumbles, which when you read the book, you'll understand rumbles. Um, but really highlighting the unique contributions they make to their team. Yeah. So that everyone knows where they're strong, where they com- contribute. Um, because often, I think, when she highlights this, we overlook our own strengths and we focus on our weakness. I think we did this in the first two weeks. Yes, yes, two yes, books. yes, yes. We often will not focus on our strengths. We'll focus on our weakness and yeah. take for granted, take our strengths for granted. And so she talks about really making sure that people know where they're strong, where they're contributing yeah. into the team. And, and you know what's, 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 um, what's fascinating about this is, um, it's important that we all know and have a sense of how uh, in the value we bring to the team and our strengths and who we are. We are great. Every time I do kind of some of this sort of strength uh, based either workshop with the team or individuals, you know, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I hear all of that stuff, but what about my weaknesses? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. um, they, they almost want to rush through the process that talks about how great they are because yes. I think, just way too many of us have just been told how not great we are. Uh, we have sort of, you know, lived uh, assuming this lie about, about, um, how, how, you know, how insufficient we are. And then we kind of walk around with the idea of scarcity and the mm-hmm. idea of comparison. We walk in the room, we kind of say, all right, am I taller than everybody? Am I this compared to this? And et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Instead of just kind of being comfortable in who we are. Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. Um, Anyway, so, so. Um, Can the, I highlight one more? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like this is important to highlight. <laughs> Just about armored leadership, rewarding exhaustion as a status Ooh, symbol yes. and attaching productivity <laughs> to self-worth. And I think this is really important. I've been in team environments where yeah. really like this was rewarded, where someone came in and they were like, they did, you know, they were working till 3am to this report and the team leader was like, wow, that's wow. amazing <laughs> that you did that. And I just remember thinking, we should no, be rewarding the fact that she had to be up until 3am finishing <laughs> this report. Um, but we attach worthiness to, you know, the productivity. Um, yeah, the productivity and yeah. not being able to, we lose the ability to pump the brakes yeah. to say, you know, um, because then you attach like to say, if I'm not stressed, something's wrong. Yes, you know, yes, like yes, if yes. I'm not worried, you know, I've had that before where you have a day where you feel like, what, nothing's happening. I feel like <laughs> there's something big that I've forgotten. Something's looming behind me. Um, and she talks about the opposite of that in daring leadership is modeling and supporting rest, play and recovery. Yeah. Um, you know, that we need to sort of let go of this idea of exhaustion and busyness yeah. being important and being a status symbol. Yeah. Um, because we're not impressing anyone. You're just <laughs> burning yourself and, out. Yeah. Um, and so we need 
to incorporate rest into what um, we do. She actually quotes Stuart Brown, who says, the opposite of play is not work. The opposite of play is depression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I remember asking um, one I think sort of cousin say hey man let's let's um why don't you go play some golf and and because I mentioned the word play it's like kind of said no 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 I mean ad- you know we are adults we don't play, we don't it, play. It, it sounded ve- it sounded much better in Venda than it is in English mm-hmm. but like the idea of playing and being an adult um it's as if being an adult assumes that you know playtime is over you yeah. know playtime was 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 when we were younger and um. Just play is important because it shapes our brain and fosters empathy. It helps us navigate social groups. So spending time doing other things outside of work is actually where creativity and innovation can be. That part of your brain can get fostered. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think, I think that, I think we've given our, our, um, our listeners quite a bit to, to sort of consider, um, and, and sort of think about, um where where are you in the in the scale and and with with that in mind you probably are kind of sort of considering a move to sort of maybe considering being a more uh, opening a window to being more vulnerable mm. um maybe it might be worthwhile to sort of you know touch on some of the myths of of vulnerability because this is she has been doing this work for for many years um and there's a whole host of things when you talk vulnerability probably people want to stop the show um, <laughs> and switch to other things because there's a myth that vulnerability can be seen as weakness mm. right um or some people might be like you know i'm like super strong i don't do that vulnerability stuff emotional stuff um and uh and uh and and yet vulnerability is not is not weakness really mm. it's actually strength where you know who you are enough that you can express when you're afraid you can show up um without knowing what the outcome is likely going to be and um and it's it's also not just about all right i'm just going to walk around the whole office and tell everybody hey guys i am you know i'm terrible i didn't make my bed <laughs> this morning that's also not vulnerability that's mm. just being an idiot <laughs> um, and 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 uh, she kind of uh, tells a, a story in the book about about this sort of young entrepreneur who who said who listened to all of this thing and he's like pumped up and he says okay I'm in now I'm gonna go tell my whole team that guys we are battling we don't have funding I'm in over my head I don't know what to do etc etc um and she says no that's dangerous yeah uh, because there you you're not sort of being vulnerable you're actually seeking and you're seeking sort of attention. You want people to, to you're like you're literally seeking attention. Yeah. Um, and you want sort of people to forgive you or, or, or something when if mm. this whole thing doesn't doesn't go right. So vulnerability is not that extreme. Yeah. But with that issue, you you can find a few trusted mentors and potentially people that that can help you. And be able to have an environment where you go and say, Hey, I'm in over my head. I'm battling with funding this organization. Um, and the livelihoods of hundreds of people are at risk. Mm. I am struggling. Help me. Mm. Right. So you can still, the same conversation. You can have it 
just like blast it across the corridors mm-hmm. or you can have it with trusted people uh, who one you know will kind of engage with you robustly mm-hmm. and and be honest with you and kind of help and guide you who support you etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and that's being vulnerable mm-hmm. the other one is just like you know just just airing yeah. all your your, your laundry mm-hmm. um the opposite of all of that is for you to be going through all that fear mm-hmm. and anxiety that you know maybe the business is going to um be in trouble and never have a, a place to talk about it. Yes. Um yes. and that's what we kind of talk about when you say Ahmad. So you show up to everyone, even the people that are closest to you, even the people that can help you, um, even the team, etc. You show up as like everything is great and uh we we're gonna make the numbers and all is well. Um if you shut all of that emotion down, you will up you will show up Ahmad mm. rather than Sort of vulnerable. Mm, mm, mm. So, so, so I thought, I thought that, that that's a, that's a key distinction just yes. to highlight yeah. that we're not encouraging everybody to just now go and say, guys, you know, this and that and that, but find a few people that, that are core to you. There's a good chance that they're not going to be too many. Mm. Um, everyone does need a few people in, in their corner. Um, one of the things he talks about, which I, which I really love, or, or which I kind of thought, yo, this is, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. She says, if you are sitting on the cheap seat, um, she's not interested in, in your feedback, you know, <laughs> because there's just too you many get people. Get in the arena. Get yeah. in the arena with, um, get in the arena with, uh, with me. If you're in the arena and you're also doing stuff and it's hard, um, then you end the sort of the right to kind of, to uh, to give a feedback otherwise mm. you go online whatever you do you know there will be like just hundreds if not thousands of um uh, thousands of criticisms and all kinds of things yeah yeah um and and too many of us i think we fall in the trap of reading through all of those reviews and all the criticisms from everyone and we just kind of take it in um mm. and and the more of that you consume uh, obviously, the more you're going to try harden and kind of say, you know what, I don't care about what anybody else think of, uh, about me anymore. And that's a sign of just hardening up. Yes. Um, but then if you want to live up to what everybody else uh, thinks about you, uh, that's uh, that's a whole problem on its own, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Really good. good. I'm excited. I really encourage people to take up this book, <laughs> Dare to Lead um, by Brene Brown. Yeah, and to conclude, I think that um, we, we'll do this quote. Uh, that she she starts off with mm. and and she's kind of i think quoted in a number of her talks and one of her first few books about theodore roosevelt mm. who says it's not the critic who counts not the man who points out who the strong man stumbles or where the doer of the deeds could have done them better but mm. credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives violently, who errs, who comes short again and again, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring, daring greatly. greatly. And with that, we'll see you. Ne- we'll see you next week. Until then, go out there and super lead. Cliffcentral.com.